You're listening to the Six Degrees of C Dub, a segment of the C Dub Show. Visit us on the Say Something Nice Podcast Network at SSNPodcast.com. Follow us at the C Dub Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Acast. And now, on to our show. C-Dub Show, and today we actually have a segment in our Six Degrees of C-Dub segment series type thingy. I don't really know what I'm calling it these days, but we are recording this live on Monday, May the 28th, and you are hearing this sometime in Pride Month. I don't know what day you're hearing this. I don't know what day this is going to air, but it's going to air sometime in June. So, if you are listening to this, happy Pride Month. So, today for this episode, I saw a great documentary. And I feel like I have followed the journey of this documentary, like, forever. I feel like it's been going on, like, like since I the whole time I've been queer or something. I feel like, which has been a while. <laughs> so, I recently went to the Blackout Conference, and I was able to see the premiere of The Boy Doc, which was an amazing documentary that we are going to talk about. And I have the creators, the director, and one of the primary sources in the, the film here with me today. So, first, we have Evolve Benton. Evolve, can you introduce yourself to the people and tell them a little bit about yourself? And what do you do? Definitely. Um, yes, I'm Evolve Benton. I'm a poet. I am a writer. I'm a change agent. I'm currently living in Oakland, California. Um, but I'm from, you know, woo-woo, but I'm from L.A., so Lakers all day. 
Boo! Um, <laughs> Boo! But okay, so that's fine. Go ahead. And um, I identify as boy, you know, born obviously incredible. And what I will say is that, you know, the work that that I'm trying to do is really um, live my truth through all of my work. So whether it's writing um, or creating this documentary, um, really being as authentic as possible um, and telling our stories, you know, that way to give them that truth, to give them that edge um, and to give them that exposure and visibility that they deserve. Awesome. Thank you. We also have Sir Lex Kennedy on the line. Lex, can you introduce yourself and tell the folks a little bit about you and your work? Yes, my name is uh, Sir Lex Kennedy. My pronouns are Sir, he and they. I am a filmmaker, a writer, producer, a creative content uh, person. I love to shoot photos. Um, My focus right now is capturing uh, my people and my community um, living their most authentic lives publicly, boldly, being, excuse me, being black as fuck, queer as fuck. And um, shifting and shifting the consciousness and the uh, and uh, the level of awareness um, around our lives and our stories. I love that black is fucking queer as fuck. Yes, that is my favorite. All right, so we're gonna ask a couple of questions about the documentary. But first, you know that I went and I dug up a, a, a one of the clips. Well, you guys sent me, a, of course, a clip to view. But, of course, that's going to be my personal clip that I'm going to keep on my laptop. I found another clip for the people. <laughs> another clip for the people to listen to. And we're going to play a little bit of the boy doc here. One moment. The interview that we did recently with Campbell um, really made me look at this work differently. Because Campbell was talking about how we need to connect globally and how we have like all this social media and you know, we have Google Hangout and all this stuff where we can really be doing this work together. And even though I, w- I was thinking worldwide, it just never hit me that it was possible and that someone else on that other side wants to connect with me and wants to know what's going on with me. Um, all right. So how did the Boy Doc Project actually start? What brought this project into existence? Mm, that's a good question. Um, you know, well, we were living in LA. I was living in LA at the time and we were spending a lot of time together, Lex and I. Um, and we took a, actually, we took a poetry workshop class with Kat McGill. Shouts out to Simply Kat, an amazing poet, um, that's from LA. Um, and that's where the poem Boy, where I talk about being born, obviously incredible, was birthed. Um, and then we start having conversations about how, like, I really wanted to investigate this this con- conversation around, like, being masculine in the center. Um, and I knew so many boys. Like, I think, you know, Carolyn, you mentioned, like, the doc's been going on as long as you've been out. And I think a lot of us <laughs> were, like, um, really finding our identity, you know, probably, like, in 2011, 2012, really figuring out who we were um, and putting ourselves out there because of social media. So I was like, dang, I know boys from... New Orleans to New York to here like why can't we you know start to have these conversations and Lex was amazing um, with the camera and still is I mean it's probably like three times as better now and was really willing to like um, go on this journey with me and and we didn't know where it was going to take us Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly where it has has been amazing but we just kind of we were just like you know off the grid creators this just trying to do something you know in South Central LA trying to make you know make something 
of the stories that we were hearing from our boys. Wow, and that's, I mean, that's one of the things that was amazing to me is because it, of the span of time. Number one, people, once you finally see the boy docking, you're going to see people like with blackberries and stuff, and you're like, oh my God, I'm like on iPhone 10 now or something like that. But <laughs> you, you see like the amazing journeys of all of the folks that are in the film, like especially like with even just um, Lex and Evolve. You know, I said, you know, Evolve started with locks and then cut off the locks and now the locks are back and like all this kind of crazy. But, but visually, it's awesome because it shows the different ways that all of us boys like present ourselves and you know the way that we articulate you know our identity um and all those sort of things i know that when you guys started to kind of build community for the doc you had like the me and my boys was it like a social media group or what was that um when you were kind of building the the foundation of the film so me and my boys kind of started off as a web series, right? We were like, okay, well, we want to see we want to see ourselves. E wrote this amazing poem that just had the creative juices flowing. So we were like, okay, well, we were um in a space where at least I was personally where I was on YouTube a lot and I was connecting with other folks um stories via YouTube and I'm like, yo, like let's let's make it a web series. So it started off as a, a web series and we just did small interviews <clears throat> and posted them online. Mm-hmm. Um and then it also at the same time we were also doing like meetups, right? So it was both like a digital space that we were creating, but also like a physical space here in um Southern California, right, in LA, where we were meeting up at like restaurants, at doing like brunches. We were doing, um, we did a meetup at uh, Pacific Pan Park. I think that's the name of the park. Um, mm-hmm. And we just, you know, had like a potluck style where we just brought great food and had great conversation. Um, but yeah, initially it started off as a web series that we hosted um, via YouTube on our own uh, platform, created a Facebook group where we posted about our meetups and what we were doing and kind of like also sourcing for like content, like trying to see what boys wanted to see um, what they were interested in, you know, creating both a digital space to build community, but also like a physical space to to have community and see each other and touch each other. And that does kind of go a little bit into my next question, um, because you there were so many different stories from different places that are represented that we saw you know somewhere in there we see ryan holmes from um, brooklyn boyhood so we have you know east coast narratives you know you have our west coast narratives i don't remember in the film evolve if you actually went to new orleans you recorded yourself in new orleans right but i don't think that there were any like interviews in new orleans is that correct no no interviews in new orleans um i think that that's definitely one of you know if we were going to do a a boy dog volume two, we definitely would want to hit up the South a little bit more. Um, we were really doing this, you know, off of like, if my job sent me somewhere, or Lex's <laughs> job sent them somewhere and Y'all we were in win. the same area <laughs> as boys, then, we, you know, then, then we would interview people there. We really didn't have, you know, like a strategy of we want to get people here and there. It really was the people that we could tap mm-hmm. um, with the resources that we had. But I think that that's one voice that we don't hear as much is definitely um, the Southern voice in Boy Doc and also more urban environments. Um, someone came up to us after, you know, the talk in Riverside um, at Blackout and was like, yo, you know, you got to get the boys in the hood. And I was like, you know what, actually, that is that is a point, right? Like, because a lot of the folk, 
folks in our doc are like educated and presenting masculinity in this in this very intellectual way. Mm-hmm. But I think we also should, you know, give exposure to that as well. Yes, that would that would be awesome because I think, you know, someone mentioned during the talk, which like they took the words right out of my mouth, like this documentary is a great addition to films such as the life, um, such as the aggressive um, Butch Mystique. I'm trying to think there's really there's not that many documentaries that that document, um, you know, POC boy culture, especially black butch culture identity so you know it is a a great addition to building that culture um about um black masculinity which was great because you guys had the opportunity to have campbell x in the film so what was that like being able to interview campbell x and you know really kind of building on the work that she started so many years ago with with stud life so that happened because kind of like speaking to what Evolve was saying, like he said, we were just getting folks that we were coming in contact with because of work. So I was working with Outfest Film Festival um, at the time, producing my first short. And um, my short was a part of the same um, premiere group as uh, Campbell's Stud Life. And so they got to see it. And then years, uh, the next following year, they came and they were um, a grand jury excuse me, member for Outfest. So I was like, hey, you're back in town. You know, I told them about the project a year before and they were telling me how they were interested. And so I was just like, hey, would you possibly be able to do an interview? So um, they made time in their schedule while uh, doing their jury duties for Outfest and sat down and had a conversation with us. And I just was like, whoa, like I was I was floored because it's like, if you're if you had Beyonce, right, like, and I know this, some people might be like, okay, this is a stretch, but like, they gonna be like, look, that's too much, that's too much, it's too much, right, that's too much. But no, I'm gonna like, you know, big up my folks, right? Like, go on, big up yourself. Like, Campbell is one of my favorite directors, so to be able to host one of my favorite directors, like somebody who I look up to, who I see as a possibility model in my home, to have a conversation about you know, um, their experience and just be able to sit at their feet and just talk, you know, like that to me was amazing. Like, yes, it was like having Beyonce in my home and being able to just sit and and rap about our experiences and connect and to be able to capture that on film and add that to this conversation to me, I I just felt like it was a blessing. So it, it was a lot about, like, like I said before, E, just using the resources that we had, like by hook or by crook, we were going to get these stories put them together and put them out for people to, to see and to experience. What have, and I know that, um, have, have you, first of all, have you done any other screenings besides the one at Blackout or is this like a kind of an ongoing up the hill process that we're already, we're right at the beginning of right now? Yeah. Blackout was our first, our first public screening. I mean, we've screened it with like, you know, smaller groups, um, but we're interested in taking it to, you know, different prize, different festivals and really like having as many people as possible see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, Blackout was the first time. And, you know, that was an amazing place, I think, to do it. We've shown like segments of the doc at different conferences, you know, like the last few years, mm-hmm. um, and mostly the web series interviews that we have on YouTube. But this was the first um, opportunity that we had. And we're, you know, we're open to show it anywhere Next month, um, well, actually, Pride Month, which will be this month when when folks hear this, right? <laughs> um, I'm actually going to be showing it at the SF LGBT Center uh, for their youth program, so that oh. the youth can see it. Um, so that's another opportunity. So if folks are interested, they can you know hit us up 
um, on Instagram, the boy doc, or you can hit us up on our own uh, platforms. I'm Evolve Benton everywhere. And Lex, I think you're Sir Lex Kennedy everywhere too, right? Copy that, Sir Lex Kennedy everywhere. So what are the responses, both when you were recording um, and since you started, you know, screening bits and pieces and now that you've screened the whole documentary, just on this idea of, of there being so few narratives about black butch culture and black butch identity, what has it been like for, you know, the people who you're interviewing being able, given the platform that we don't normally get to actually tell their stories? And even through hearing, like, you know, the poem, that evolved does that kind of narrates the documentary um, that really sums up so many of our different experiences as black boys. What has been the response that you've been getting just from the boys about seeing this film? Um, you know, I think people just really feel seen. Um, oftentimes it's like emotional responses where people are like, wow, like, you know, seeing this person going through their transition. Cause a lot of folks, it's like the beginning, you know, of their transitions into who they are now. Um, a lot of gratitude. A lot of people like, like, thank you for seeing me and for showing up. And a lot of people saying like, when are you going to do the next doc? Like, right. I feel like every time we, you know, every time we show someone or we have a conversation about it, people are like, oh, I would love to sit down and tell you my story, mm-hmm. um, which I think is empowering in, in, in itself because a lot of times when it comes to, um, I think masculinity, there there is a stereotype that we are supposed to keep a lot, right? Like that we're not supposed to share ourselves and especially not supposed to share our vulnerability. Um, so, you know, hearing boys want to share, you know, their coming out stories or want to share the, rela- you know, relationship that they have with their parents or that they have now with themselves, you know, is really, really powerful. So I think the, the film is doing a lot more... Um, I say mental health and wellness work than we even thought it was going to do. Um, it's really giving folks a, a sense of empowerment. Um, and I'm, I just have so much gratitude to, you know, be able to be the vehicle to get that done um, and to have the support from boys and to be seen by them as well. Awesome. Well, what were, I know that there were several sections. I didn't get to write all of them down. But there were several, um, every part of the doc is um, separated into sections. Um, a couple of the ones that I did get to take down were existing, discovery, determination, space, and diaspora. Um, what were any that you can think off the top of your head that I didn't just list sections of the film? And how did you come up with those different, um, those different ways to section off the documentary? So um, I did the editing for the film, and it was in a time and space where I was really motivated by Lemonade. Um, and the vulnerability in Lemonade. And I really saw myself in, yeah, in that vulnerability, like in the, so that reflected in the, in the doc in a way that for me felt like I have all these stories. What's the best way to put them together that makes the most sense? And to me, I was to frame it around, like you were speaking about earlier, to frame it around, um, Evolve's boy piece. Um, because I feel like we can kind of all see ourselves in some way, or if not see ourselves, like it, it just fit, excuse me, it fit. Um, and then the, um, breakdowns, like in terms of existing, um, uh, reflection, I think was one, um, I use those terms because I felt like those at, at those times in the doc, that's what the main uh, theme that I could pull 
that I felt like would be the strongest for folks to actually like sit and think about. Like I wanted people to think about what what is their life like existing as somebody who is gender nonconforming or as somebody who is um, uh, trans or somebody who is butch, right? Like how do they exist in this space, right? And how can they um, relate to this person speaking about how they exist in this space um, in their identity? In terms of talking about um, choosing diaspora, I use that word because I felt like what E was speaking about in that clip, and I'm glad you chose that clip to to have listeners listen to, um, is that this work is being is happening all over the world, right? And tech and Blackberries, you know, sidekicks, uh, <laughs> iPhones, they're enabling us to be able to connect in ways that we never have before and to be able to lean into that and remember that. I feel like Campbell was really like speaking it to like how we can use this, this these tools in a way that's not exploitative, but in a way that's connecting us in a deeper and more meaningful way. So I use that, that term there, but mostly it was because I was inspired by the way the um, poetry and the words were on screen in Lemonade and how that resonated with me. And I felt like that that could resonate in our film because of the poetry and the words in that boy doc were so, um, so strong. And I felt like those were some of the things that connected both the docs and the, the poem. And I love that it keeps coming back to the Beyonce influence. And I would like to say for all the Beyonce or Beehive members who are going to try and hate on, we keep talking about Beyonce. I would like to say that the way that the boy doc takes us on this journey, hey, I'm not going to say this is our lemonade, but I'm going to say it. So there you go. <laughs> and if you want to hate on me, I don't care because you hate on me every day anyway, Beehivers. I don't care. I haven't paid my I haven't paid my twenty five dollar membership fee yet, so I don't care. <laughs> okay. And another question: Was there anything? And this is something that I asked you all before we actually came on air. And I know I've learned that you know that this is just something to ask people. So was there anything that people did not want to discuss with interview? Were there any themes? Was there any like identity issues? Anything that you noticed that people didn't want to really want to discuss? Or were they just open to everything when sharing for the film? Yeah, I would say people were open. What do you, what would you say? Yeah, I think that yeah, people were pretty open. I think that the the reason that they were was because we really chose people that we were already in relationship with Mm -hmm. um, and that we were already having like really in-depth vulnerable conversations with. Um, But I think that what really came out was when we were asking about how people identified or about their masculinity, people were like, well, I'm not really that butch or I'm not that masculine or I'm not. So it was more of people pushing back on maybe identities that I had chose at that time or Lexa or, you know, that we had chose like, okay, we're going to choose all of these butch women or all of these masculine center folks. Right. But they're like, no, actually my, you know, my gender might represent this, but I'm actually more feminine. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it taught us a lot about gender and, you know, about labeling people um, and about like how we even do that in our community. Right. Like we hope that folks outside of the LGBT community do the work, but there's so much work to be done within our communities. But people were pretty open. Like I was actually surprised most of the time, like how um, how much boys desire to tell their story, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, and don't have that opportunity to share those things often or that space with someone who holds the same energy as them. 
that's one thing that I have learned is that boys, especially black boys, are really looking to be seen and really looking to have their stories heard. And I think that one thing that I've learned, you know, I write a lot of stuff and usually it's about, you know, centering on myself and I don't think anything about most of it. And people are like, oh, you know, that, you know, that really resonated with, you know, something I went through. And I'm like, really? Why? Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just noticed that, you know, there's so many or where there's so few of our stories that are out there. And I think that's why, aside from, you know, loving YouTube, obviously, but the, why I think that the film is so important because we do need to gather more of our stories and really push them further out into the culture as much as we can because we, you know, in about... 40, 50 years when we're not here, you know, we need our stories to have been told. So that's that's my biggest thing or most important thing that I have gained from the film. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, there was the the part in the film about space. Um, and I, it, look, it looks like that was the section where we really, you really got to talk a bit to Ryan about um, them building Brooklyn Boyhood over on the East Coast. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of building space and building boy community? Like, for me, the doc really does a good job of, of visually showing us boy community. But I know that you all spoke about how you built community. And we know that in other spaces, we know that Evolve, you have your own organization that you started. Talk about a little bit about the importance of building specifically boy community that you've seen in your travels and um, gathering these stories. Yeah. Um, you know, I I was actually talking to somebody about this. Like, I feel like if there was, you know, like a boy wellness center or a place and they needed an executive director, I could do the job. I've been doing boy work yep. for yep. all of my life. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but yeah, shouts out to Theta Zai Theta Paternity Incorporated, 10 years in the game. Um, and, and you know what? I'm going to be very transparent right now about boy work. Boy work is hard. Boy work is um, fucking hard. <laughs> yes, it is hard. It's hard to hold space for such a vulnerable um, community that is often not treated well, right? So a lot of the spaces that I even hold with, you know, with my fraternity, which which honestly right now is really struggling with this membership because members are going through financial issues, um, issues with family, still issues with coming out, you know, yeah. depending on where they're at in their lives. Um, a lot of it is holding space for the vulnerable, right? And holding space to have a good goddamn time. Um, right. Because if we're working so hard just to make it, you know what I mean? Like if it, I don't know if there's any statistics out there about even the amount of money that we're bringing in compared to other folks. But I, most boys I know got two or three jobs and four or five hustles. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, really, really um, challenging work, but it's so uplifting um, and healing to be able to see folks. Um, in their downward spiral, but then also in that spiral where they're coming up and they're able to like see themselves um, and to hold space for others. So for me, I think that space in itself is so important, but I think what the boy doc shows us is, is the different ways that we can create space. Yeah, we can create space by partying and going out and having a good time. We also can do it by sitting down and having some challenging conversations, right, with each other and holding each other accountable. Um, and we also can do it in a way that's virtual with social media now. Like, I feel like online, you know, with um, we got Boy Society, um, we got what is it, Black Girl Masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolyn, you're doing phenomenal work with this podcast. We have so many people creating spaces for us to be able to go to and to fulfill ourselves. Um, so I'm hoping that boys are, are taking advantage of that, because when I was coming out, you know, 10 years ago, 
it wasn't even as many virtual spaces. It was nothing there. But the downside of that is that I think we're not getting out of our bubble enough and we're not creating um, the physical community spaces. So that's some of the work, which Carolyn, I'll probably hit you up offline that I want to do, you know, more here in the Bay Area is like, how do we create more spaces, you know, physically where we actually touch each other and communicate and, and don't do so much of the work online? Please well. hit me up because, you know, a lot of people and my friend Stacy and I have been talking about building a space because the other thing I think that the boy doc does a good job of and that we need more of is just seeing different versions of ourselves and being able to, like you said, hold the vulnerable and hold the different, just different aspects of ourselves. If that, you know, those of us that do identify as butch women or, you know, however it is that you identify. There, there's so many things under that boy. There's so many things under that butch. So many things under that stud, MOC, all of those things. And a lot of times, especially with our young boys, our young boys are out here struggling. And especially with them, I, I'm so funny. I have a student who um, is femme identified. And she has a girlfriend who's masculine identified. And she would, I'm not going to tell all her business on, on air, of course. But just some, <laughs> some of the stuff that she tells me about her girlfriend, I always have to explain to her. Explain to her I said, you have to remember the same way that you, she is, is a student who does get a bit of support from her family, even though they don't always understand her queer identity. They are pretty much there for her. When it comes to our young boys, like they don't really, they don't have anybody who to teach them boyhood to kind of. Mm-hmm. to help them through the masculine versus the feminine and understanding you know you have those that are hanging out with the same little same little boys that are going through the same stuff that they going through except for they they don't have a man or an older butch or anybody to kind of hold their hand and give them wisdom and at the same time we know being masculine we are hard-headed like mm-hmm. we just are so there's so many aspects of our identity that we don't get to even see whether we're looking at it on tv whether it is somebody, like you said, that we get to touch. And I think it is our responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 15 years in the game. That's kind of our give back to the community now because our boy community really, really does need it. So, yes, please hit me up offline. I, You know, my inbox <laughs> is always open. <laughs> also, yes, if, there's a, if there's a boy doc part two, hit me up, too. I want to be in boy doc um, volume two. So, <laughs> yes, you got it. You got what it. do you want to be the future of the void doc both the immediate future and the legacy what is your immediate so are you looking to do more film festivals are you looking kind of what is your your immediate goal for the film and then after that what do you want the legacy of the boy doc to be i would say the immediate goal um is to screen the boy doc everywhere Right. To screen the boy doc in film festivals, to screen the boy doc at universities, to screen the boy doc at somebody's house, like to do like a, a kickback and, you know, everybody just come through and we put it on a big screen or put on a projector to screen the boy doc in digital spaces. Um, but to continue to do boy doc volume two, boy doc volume three, like in my day, I was a real hardcore, like, uh, what was it called? And one mixtape. Like, mm, I had all yeah. the and one mixtapes, right? Like, that's how I learned, like, how to play street ball, right? Like, that's how I learned basketball. And now I'm on, like, you know, the YouTube versions, right? But so, so honestly, to, like, have volumes and volumes of, of boys' stories. Because what I realized is that we were archiving what, you know, us creating space, like you were saying. Like, when we went to Brooklyn, we were there for the true, we were on the East Coast for the True Colors Conference. And we were like, we come, where, what? 
can we do while we're out here? How many people can we hit up? How many stories can we gather? And we were able to sit down with Brooklyn Boyhood at a fundraising party. And we were, and now that I look back, I'm like, yo, we were archiving them creating physical spaces that are thriving now. Like I hopped on Insta Story this morning, like as I do when I'm having a constitution that might be TMI, but it's real. And I'm looking <laughs> at my homeboy partying at one of the at a Brooklyn boyhood party and I'm like oh my goodness like I remember when this was just in their space and it was like a a a small it was the smallest party I had ever been to but it was the most fun the greatest energy I had ever experienced at a party so I want to be able to continue to document that those stories right so be able to have folks you know um support us right because we were doing this by hook or by crook so the on the long legacy excuse me the um the legacy i would like for this boy doc project to be is to have folks giving to see more content right to see more of themselves to be able to you know put down like five dollars a month seven dollars a month to be able to see Mm. stories from boys all over the world right because that's what it takes right campbell's talking about connecting not just like digitally right but physically with folks across the world right and what that takes and that takes i would say like legacy support people support folks who say you know we love this we want to see this work folks supporting that work and um getting volumes and volumes okay and Yvonne what would you say is your your hope for your for the legacy and um of the boy doc yeah very similar Lex I mean I wanted to you know touch as many folks as possible um this is like for me like my first my first film and I think that having that conversation, like we have so much footage that we didn't even utilize and so many different um, aspects of boyhood that we didn't even touch on. Um, so I would love to, you know, t- touch on like parenthood, you know, like what is, mm. what is that experience like? And, you know, like not just like when it's your kids, but it's other people's kids, you know, you know how we do relationships. Um, so, you know, just, you know, and also just like being a, a big brother, like what does that mean to to be a part of boyhood, like you talked about Carolyn and what does it look like to really give back and what are the tools that we're given to young boys. Um, and I would love to like do some segments on wellness, you know, cause I feel mm. like um, when we do look at the wellness um, venture and field, um, it's very cisgendered. It's often very much like um, one type of body type, you know what I mean? And we're not able to really talk about like, what are we doing to, keep boys on this on this planet right like, what are we doing mm-hmm. to ensure life right like what are we doing to exist um and to make sure that we're taking care of our bodies um and our souls right like and enriching that so for me the legacy is like for it to keep going and for us to have the resources to do the work i think that now um because we have communicated with so many different people we do have more of an understanding of what that takes and i think starting the journey we were just on a journey mm-hmm. um so really bringing it together um, so that it's sustainable um, so that other boys can see it and see themselves, you know, on this journey. That is an amazing hope, an amazing legacy and journey. And I think that for me watching the film and it's so funny, I'm sitting here looking at an ad for not an ad, but a Instagram post about, you know, how they're now streaming um, Jules Catch One. And I think mm-hmm. about, you know... Like, like I mean, we've all said 10 years in the game, you know, having seen so many of our journeys, um, folks that were in the doc who were just students then that are doctors now, um, like you said, seeing Ryan and knowing where Brooklyn Boyhood was um, back then and to what it's grown to now. And so much of the amazing work that's being done in our community is from folks that is in our circle of 
folks that we've known for so long. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that just means we have an amazing circle. <laughs> or, or, I mean, but I think we all had some very, very great mentors who tried to instill in all of us that we were going to need to do this work. And I think it's just amazing to look around and see all of us doing the work, creating art for visibility, you know, creating platforms for us to talk about our stories, whether it's documentaries, whether it's podcasts, whether it's doing more writing. I know that Evolve has a chat book that's that's um, coming out. I just um, I'm, I'm happy to see that, like I said, you guys got the documentary finished. I, I'll be honest. And when I saw it, I said, oh, my God, wait. It's finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It definitely was a process. It definitely was a process, you know? So I'm happy it's done, too. And I think, you know, I, I tell, like, someone came up to us at Blackout and was like, yeah, we're trying to do a film. Any advice you have? And I'm like, just finish it, you know? No matter how long it takes <laughs> and no matter, you know, what things come up, you know, equipment breaks, you lose, losing jobs, losing your, you know, losing your livelihood, whatever happens, get it done, you know? And that's, that's the remorse that I send to all creatives is like, we'll never figure feel like it's done. Like that's how I even feel like with my chat book, like it's done at this point. You know what I mean? Like my partner needs to do one more read through to make sure I ain't got no typos. And, you know, I have some people like, maybe you can add a little bit more to this poem or why didn't you include this poem? And I'm like, it is done because we got to, you know, we got to get these projects out so that we can create other things. And, And that's a part of legacy as well. Right. Like everything can sit in a notebook, or can't sit and you know in your back closet because then like the stories are aren't told. Me right now, and I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you're punching no. me in my gut. No, don't feel that way. I'm not, it's, no pressure. it's no pressure, but all the pressure at the same time. No, for real. But we have to, and we're never going to be perfect. It's never going to be to the point of where you want it to. But it's a masterpiece for somebody, and somebody needs exactly. that, right? And that might be enriching someone's life where they keep up, you know, keep going or get up the next day because they're able to read your work. So many people have hit me up about the boy poem the last few years mm-hmm. about reading it in different places and, and empowering them, seeing it as some fundraiser where people was raising millions of dollars. I was like, they didn't ask me for that, but I'm not even going to go on there. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, where it enriched them and it made them feel better. And if, if it's just one or two poems that do that, then I've, I've done my job. You know what I mean? Like I've, that's legacy in itself, you know, saving people's lives and keeping them going. So. Awesome. Yeah, it's got to do the work. You got to do the work. Like this project has been like, yeah, six years in the making. And when I initially, when we initially like started, I'm thinking like, oh, this is just going to be, you know, in the can, done. No, like it's a process. And, and it takes also having support, right? Like doing the work takes folks to push you to be like, hey, have you finished that? Like, what is it looking like? Uh, can I see it? So I'm really thankful that we have folks you know, doing that, like checking in, like having Evie like, hey, so what is it looking like? So how are you feeling about it? Let me see what you got so far. Like that matters, you know, getting support um, and people wondering like, where's the project? What's happening next? Like that, that's, that push is what you need sometimes to get it done. So yeah, do it. Just do it. I'm going to just do it. I'm just going to finish the damn book. Just finish it. Yeah. I've been working on it too long. I'm going to do it. Y'all yes, can, y'all yes, can be my, my third. This will be your second book, right? It will be your uh-huh. second book. And you know how long I've been yes. working on this book? I, now, speaking of the boy doc, I've been working on this book since I was at Antioch. And Evolve knows how long ago I was at Antioch. That's when I start, mm-hmm. first started working on that book. So I need to finish it before 2018 is over. I'm, I'm going to do it. 
Watch, I'm gonna finish it. Okay, I'll yeah, watch I'm gonna I, I actually I have a resource. I'll send it to you. I don't want to a shameless plug, so I'm not gonna say it on the podcast. Okay, um, and I can't remember their last name, but oh no, it's a book that I <laughs> that I read recently that was all about getting your book done, and it kind of gives you some really good like deadline opportunities and some ways to just stack it you know what I mean you know what I mean as a writer right. um, to get a book done they say 30 days I it's a little a little risque I don't th- if you want to be a good writer I think 60 days but I think that some of the tools in the book really showcase how to get it done it's so not I'll, the one I'll about taking your resource. pants off is it no no okay. not, nothing in there about that but you know that's <laughs> that's cool it, Everybody has, that's all about like, what is it? Your muse, right? Like, what is your, what is your muse? Right. <laughs> okay. I want to ask Great you guys one, one more question before I get your last words. And it is about a phrase that was at the end of the clip that I played. The phrase that was at the end of the clip was gender fucking masculinity. What does that phrase mean to you? <laughs> gender fucking masculinity, bro. What do you think? What do you, what does that mean for you? So when I put that text up there, I put it up there because I wanted it to be provocative as hell. And I mm-hmm. wanted it to have people ask that question at like Q&As because I was like, oh, this is going to be a really good spicy feel. Because I feel like that's what I, I, my existence does, right? Because I don't exist in a space that is my masculinity, excuse me, doesn't present as this, you know, cis heterotive norm thing, right? Like mm-hmm. it's very like, gender fucking shit like it, it's I, I feel like it's like off yeah it's um mass it's off centered right like um and there's a line and I feel like boy doc I mean not boy doc excuse me the boy poem um that like says something about gender fucking am I right or am I wrong you all I felt gender fucking yeah, or something. Yeah, like yeah, every yeah. time you go into yeah. the bathroom feeling right I can't oh, I'm yeah. sorry I don't want to misquote you mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like that line like no really, no like, it is that Okay. Yeah, that line really like spoke to me and I'm like, yes, that's what it's like. And I feel like that's what um queer folks um are doing right now. Like that's what I feel like we were documenting, like people gender fucking masculinity. Gender fucking masculinity. Make sure you put that on a shirt, okay? <laughs> Yo, okay, that might join for the merch. Okay, that, that, that needs to be idea. a merch. That yes. needs to be a merch uh, t-shirt, and and then you can say Carolyn said to put this on the shirt. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> got All you. Right. I got you. <laughs> All right. So, any last words of things that you guys would want you know the listeners to know um, if and when the boy doc comes to their city? Any last words about the project and going on into the future? Yeah, just hit us up. You know, um, I think in the next probably next month or so, we'll definitely have more access you know, for different cities. If you want to bring us out to your campus, to your bar mitzvah, to your uncle's wedding, wherever you want to bring us out, and to, you know, um, screen the doc, we're willing to do that. Um, you can hit me up on my website, evolvedbenton.com. That's all my chat book, month, which is a uh, poetry chat book dedicated to boyhood and to black queer check that out but just bring us out you know if you have a budget to do it we can make it happen um i'm going to the sfl and if it's a non-profit or someone who has a lower budget we're even willing to do that work and to work with folks as well but we want as many um queer people of color as many trans people as many black and even white folks. We even want white folks to see. <laughs> Everybody it needs to see. So it. they can 
they can have a conversation and understand, you know, how we need to be treated and how to have that space. So if anybody wants to see it, just hit us up and we're definitely down to come. All right. Well, I want to thank you all again for joining us on this episode of the podcast. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so proud of you completing the documentary and we look forward to future volumes of the boy doc. So, yay. No problem. Thank you listeners for tuning in. Remember you can find the C dub show across all social media platforms. So that is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as the C dub show. Um, you can also check us out on our website, which is the C dub show.com and the network page, which is SSNpodcast.com. So that is it for this t- episode of the C-Dub Show. And we will check all of you out later. Bye, everybody. Peace. Bye, everyone. Show.